gestating the curious minds involves adult themes and situations. Just a warning. Now, say now. Oh, I'm stretching now. <laughs> nice. You said we weren't on air. We're on air now, my pet. <laughs> well, that's when I started stretching. <clears throat> my traveling pet. How was your trip? Before we get into it. Oh, no. Wait, Go ahead. Do stop. your intro. Welcome to Gestating the Curious Minds, where we channel the greatest smut author at all. Of all. Who's the, who was that? James Joyce. <laughs> Was he the greatest smut author? Yeah. <laughs> I guess I... Didn't he write Ulysses? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most thorough and boring book in the world? I'm pulling this directly out of my butthole. I just know that he wrote some pretty filthy letters to his wife. Did he really? Yeah, he liked her farts. He had a fart fetish. We can pause this. Can you look up an example of his fart fetish? Oh, oh my God. It's published. Yeah. <laughs> That's my uh, That's right. Don't be afraid to burp on Mike. Can't make fun of you. I do it all the time. All right. James Joyce, the author. 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 The author once said, You had an ass full of farts that night, darling, and I fucked them out of you. Big fat fellows. Long windy ones. Quick little merry cracks and a lot of tiny little naughty farties ending in a long gush from your hole. Are you making this up? It is wonderful to fuck a farting woman that every fuck drives one out of her. Shut up! I think I would know Nora's farts anywhere. I think I could pick hers out in a room full of farting women. It is a rather girlish noise, not like the wet, windy fart, which I imagine fat wives have. It is sudden and dry and dirty, like what a bold girl would let off in fun in a school dormitory at night. I hope Nora will let off no end of her farts in my face so that I may know their smell also. You made this up. No. Is this something you wrote years ago that you just went and pulled up real quick from an old blog of yours? No. It's about... This is real. That's yeah, it's, real. It's James Joyce and his love of farts. You didn't stumble across some joke website. No. That was really, really detailed about farts from the type of people and even down to like a sorority, like a college kid's fart. Yeah, he thinks about farts a lot. She was not the first farter that he had come across. He just loved her, I guess. I fucked the farts out of you? So he's sticking his penis in her vagina... And then as he pumps, farts are coming out the back end? Is that the idea? Is, it, is he an ass man? There's so many questions about what he just read, and you're just breezing through it. <laughs> he just, he likes, he likes her ass. I guess he wants to fuck her in the butt. Oh, my Fuck God. me if you can, squatting in the closet with your clothes <laughs> up, grunting like a young sow doing her dung. Oh, my God. And a big, fat, dirty, snaking thing coming slowly out of your backside. God, oh my God. Fuck me on the stairs in the dark like a nursery maid fucking her soldier, unbuttoning his trousers gently and slipping her hands into his fly and fiddling with his shirt and feeling it getting wet and then pulling it gently up and fiddling with his two bursting balls. At that last, <laughs> pulling out boldly the Mickey she loves to handle and fringing it for him softly. Wow. Murmuring into his ear dirty words and dirty stories that other girls told her and dirty things she said. And all the time pissing her drawers with pleasure and letting off soft, soft warm, quiet little farts. <laughs> She's also pissing herself with pleasure? 
Good night, my little farting Nora, my dirty little fuckbird. There's one lovely word, darling, you have underlined to make me pull myself off better. Write me more about that in yourself, sweetly, dirtier, dirtier. My little fuckbird. Little fuckbird. Well, now we know what your nickname's going to be. Oh, sweet little fuckbird. During the act of coitus. I do like to fart. Yeah, I but I've never thought about farting. it in a sexual way, but I'm, I'm starting to wonder if I'm missing out and I should be thinking about it more sexually. Like the next time you fart, I go, oh, I start jerking off? I don't know. What, how do I embrace this into our lifestyle? <laughs> I don't, we would have to get into the psychology of uh, fetishes. Uh, something awoke something inside of him, maybe because it was so taboo, but well, all we do is fart. Uh, fetishes are taboo because they can make you sick if you put them too close to your eyes or mouth. Yeah. Your skin in general, it's very acidic. It's not good for your skin. <laughs> it's very acidic. Yeah. That's why if you're incontinent, you want to change your briefs frequently. Mm, sure. Break down your skin. Then you get a rash. Exactly. You'd get a rash. Huh. Wow. And you just pulled those up real quick. I thought I was going to have to edit this because it'd be like, oh, okay, we're going to like spend 10 minutes of you trying to find it. You just like, no, it's got a thing. I have it bookmarked. I've had a bookmarked for no, five years. <laughs> it's. I'm surprised you had never heard of it. No, I had no idea. Yeah, it's a, it's totally a thing. This is the guy that wrote Ulysses. Yes. <laughs> okay. So what's new? <laughs> Where do we leave off in our last chapter? It's been so long. It's been really long. We've been super busy with uh, other projects. Other projects that are secret? Well, not really. I think not we really, talked about it on this last one. It's released. We released our... Uh, oh, the Christmas the Carol Christmas one. Carol. Yeah. But there's another secret project. We're going to keep that as, continue keeping that a secret until it's out. Yeah, I know. The people on the Christmas Carol uh, Radio Mystery Theater even said, you should do this secret thing. And we're like, we're already doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just pretty funny. Because we neither of us can keep a secret. No, I know. We're trying, though. Um, <laughs> but beyond that, uh, where did we leave off last time? Last episode, uh, we fleshed out Charles and his motivations and his shopping addiction. But we talked about... We talked about... Yeah, this. So this yeah. is introducing Lucretia. Got it. Who we've known since the beginning of the book, but we're going to get a little bit more from her and see why she is qualified to be a part of this heist. Okay, we're going to do it. Jump I, in and read it. Yep, I'm going to start trying to read it. My situation with my mic has been ridiculous, and now I'm using the shortest cord in the world, so it's going to be real awkward trying to read this thing. <clears throat> but here we go. December 1st. Lucretia stepped out of the dressing room and stood with her hands on her hips. Oh, her dark hair was pulled into a high ponytail. She wore a black tracksuit printed with skulls. Smithy and Charles clapped. <laughs> so began Charles, now feeling powerful as the evaluator. What are your credentials? Lucretia struck a pose. I'm the best athlete in the state, and you're going to need someone to climb into a vent, maybe, or dip beneath the lasers. <laughs> I didn't consider that, but yes, I'm sure there will be lasers, Smithy chewed on her lip anxiously. How could she have overlooked that? Everything valuable was protected by lasers. Then what sports do you perform, asked Charles, half listening, as he stuffed a nearby body mist tester into his pants. A body mist tester? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, to do with the lasers. Uh, no, he's just stealing. What's a tester? Uh, it's the thing that you spray to see if you like the smell, and then you buy a bottle of it. Oh, see, I never do that kind of thing. I can take out the word tester. No, keep the word tester in there. It's fine. I'm just a person that doesn't know much about scents and testers and that kind of thing. I just buy a bottle because someone told me to go get it. And then I put it on my body for the next 10 years. That is literally you with uh, Juicy Old English. Uh, By Juicy Couture? Yes, by Juicy Couture. Yeah. Dirty English. 
Dirty English. <laughs> Someone once told me you should wear this. It smells oh. like campfires and musk. Old English is the... Uh, Beer? Malt liquor. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, mine's dirty English. <laughs> dirty Which, English. Which, like, oh, that sounds cool. It's the same color. And the person that recommended it to me was like, yeah, you're... Uh, you're not going to like who makes it, though. And I'm like, well, it sounds like campfire and musk and everything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smell like a man for the first time in my life. So, well, you know, the name sounds cool. Why would I have a problem? He goes, it's Juice Couture makes it. I was like, oh, Christ. Well, I started out with softball and uh, did all three weeks. <laughs> I love how you wrote that. Unfortunately, it's a rule that you can't play longer than that. I guess I understand that since you don't want any one player having that much power. <laughs> Charles nodded in agreement. Then I took up yoga, but I was so good at it that I was made to drop out because it wasn't fair to the other competitors. <laughs> <laughs> to punctuate this, she pulled her right knee to her chest and entwined her arms only to fall over. She landed with her hips twisted, her back flat against the high traffic carpet on the floor. Oh, that's an advanced move, Smithy said, admiring Lucretia's grace. I know, gasped Lucretia on the floor. I've always been curious to see if my yoga acumen would translate to dance and gymnastics. But my dad always said, those are only recreational. I love to win, so I never bother with them. Lucretia could tell Smithy was jealous by the eggy fart stench that was quickly thickening. Uh, let's see you in action, Smithy said through gritted teeth. The trio trundled to the main foyer of the mall, and they were uh, there on the second floor, peering down at the open floor plan. A fountain was at the center of a breezy indoor courtyard. Kiosks dotted the available space, selling coffee and cell phones, and they were flanked on either side by a set of escalators and an elevator, respectively. See those mall cops? Smithy was pointing to a pair of security guards leading against the supporting post. Your mission is to steal a handful of change from the fountain without getting caught. Lucretia nodded, her jaw set with determination. She proceeded to the elevator, flattening her back against the frame and sliding towards the button uh, with little shimmy steps. <laughs> the doors opened with a ding, and the back of the elevator was glass, so Charles and Smithy could see Lucretia sink in and squat so as not to be seen. The mall cops were none the wiser. How do you think she'll scale the fountain? Charles asked, a voice full of anticipation. He withdrew a pack of M&Ms from the sleeve of the security tag. And a security tag. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely disabled it <laughs> and offered Smithy a handful, which he accepted. <laughs> You're a fucking genius. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> I love how he definitely disabled it. I needed to make it clear that they were stolen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's awesome. <laughs> Below them, Lucretia was performing a series of forward rolls. Each time she completed a motion, her platform boots hit the ground with a resounding thud. The buckles jingling pleasantly like wind chimes. Smithy noticed that this caught the attention of the leaning mall cops. They twisted their thick necks, searching for the source of the sound. Although she was rooting for Lucretia, the eggy smell started to clear. Uh, just then, however, Lucretia stretched out and inched along silently behind the fountain ledge like an inchworm. Or like the uh, Catherine Jones <laughs> dipping beneath the oasis. <laughs> I like how you make the offhand remark. Yeah, <laughs> hoping that like someone that watched Workaholics will catch the reference, but then fuck that. I'll just explain what that is Has later. Anyone seen Workaholics? <laughs> I think it was like eight or nine years ago that yeah, that episode came out. That was hilarious. But I love that if no one caught that, you just explain the Catherine reference later. Jones, <laughs> she dips beneath the lasers. She had made it to her target, and she looked pretty hot. 
Why does it smell like the parking lot of uh, the Ikea in Elizabeth, New Jersey? <laughs> That's really specific. <laughs> By the way, you just came back from New Jersey. I you did wrote just this come on the flight home, Jersey. so that explains yeah. this. Charles asked through a mouthful of candy. <clears throat> Lucretia peeked over the fountain to assess the situation. The mall cops were leaning still, chatting loudly. Oh, she couldn't quite hear what they were saying, but the small one was making popping sounds and miming, rubbing round perfusions on his chest and buttocks. The big mall cop was nodding and rubbing his chin with a hungry, hungry look in his eyes. Slowly, Lucretia pushed her stiff body up and along the fountain edge, planking for a brief moment, minute, earning a giggle from Charles and Smithy. That was a fun thing people used to do. <laughs> to <turn laughs> to finish her mission. Lucretia slid headfirst into the cold water of the fountain. Her friends could see her hands moving along the bottom of the fountain, collecting coins one by one. This was an arduous task that required her to lift her head for air, huffing through her nose before resubmerging. She's really pushing it now, Smithy said, and returning to nervousness, Charles patted her shoulder. Have faith, he whispered soothingly. Lucretia had collected more change than necessary and now had to make her way back to the second floor. She looked to the escalators and calculated her route. When the time was right, she kicked her feet out of the water and sat on the edge. Uh, this was loud enough to draw the attention of the mall cops who called out to her, but Lucretia was ready. She took off her wet track jacket and tossed it at the small one, trapping it like a fish in a net. The large one lunged for her, but the fountain had re-moistened her. Twilight shimmered body oil, and she, uh, and she slipped from the grasp like a cheese-filled sausage would if you were trying to slice it, but it was just leaking cheese cut, causing the sausage to slide around the cutting board. <laughs> I can't read that line. No, it's too tough for me. That was a real experience I had last week. <laughs> you did? Well, I was making dinner and you had this problem? I was making rice and beans and I didn't realize the sausage I bought had cheese in it. Yeah. And it kind of leaked into the package out of the sausage, so they were really slippery when I pulled them out. So I'm oh. trying to cut them and they're leaking cheese all over the cutting board. <laughs> Because it's like a fake cheese, and my hands were covered <laughs> in cheese, an oil, and they're sliding all over. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was gonna cut a finger off. <laughs> <laughs> Twilight shimmer body oil, and she slipped from his grasp like a cheese-filled sausage would if you were trying to slice it. But it was leaking the cheese, causing the sausage to slide around the cutting board. She reached the es- I had to read it again because I laughed the whole thing. She reached the escalators, and the mall cops looked on in anger, stopped in their tracks. She had made it out of their jurisdiction successfully. Lucretia was breathing heavily from the exertion as she collapsed on the floor beside Smithy and Charles. She held up her trembling hand and unfurled her fingers, presenting a dry five-dollar bill. Lucretia and Smithy gasped in shock. Looking for these? Charles tossed the handful of change in the air and they watched the coins <laughs> rain down with a wonder and delight. Soon they were enjoying boozy milkshakes at Red Robin, icing their small coin-shaped bruises with <laughs> bruises with <the> cold glasses. <laughs> we have our master thief, our sporty contortionist, and dot 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 me. I can't shake the feeling that something is missing. Smithy chewed her straw. Usually there's some kind of lookout. We need someone to hack the security cameras. Charles was pocketing the shaker bottle and the signature fry seasoning. <laughs> the twirling lady, uh, sorry, that was misspelled, so I was wondering, it's like Twilight? No, the twirling lady didn't have cameras, uh, but we could use a lookout, Lucretia agreed. 
A lookout is only good if they are inconspicuous. Plus, they have to be able to see what's going on in tight spaces. We need someone who can walk through walls and be invisible, Smithy scoffed. The trio straightened up at once. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? The creature asked, groaning. We need a superhero, Charles answered grimly. They never answer my grinder messages. Worse, Bethany sighed, we need Mateo. <laughs> we need a superhero. <laughs> never answer my grinder messages. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. You did do a really good job. Thank I can you. see why you were proud I of it. I really that. liked this one. I had a lot of fun with it. And I was sitting in the middle seat between... Uh, two perfect strangers as I wrote it and I hope they read over my shoulder because they were nosy and got an eye full of this. Oh, uh, were they nosy people? I don't think so. I had a nice chat with the one. Oh, okay. I always talk to at least one person on the plane. It's kind of my thing. Did you giggle a little bit? Did you give them reason to want to look over? Um, you should have been. That's pretty damn good. I mean, I, I was holding my phone like, because I'm all squashed. Yeah, sure. We're, we're all squashed in like sardines. Yeah, because you got a Sun Country flight. <laughs> I, yeah, it was cheap. I know that's the it reason real why cheap. it's a sun country flight. <laughs> <laughs> the seats are made and of horse And I enjoy hair. luxury. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, my ass was sweating the whole time. This is cheap vinyl. I'll never forget that uh, when you were, <clears throat> uh, after a whole day uh, of hanging out with your friends, finally at the end of your night, you messaged me to say, uh, man, have I got the farts. I'm so glad everyone went to bed. Now I can sit here and fart. <laughs> Maybe I should have been more turned on after turn what we learned on? this morning. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> Earlier on this call. Call? All right. Moving on. Uh, all right. Next up. That's going to be the new conspiracy that we don't actually live together. And you just slipped the first piece of oh, evidence. Oh, that's true. I gave away a little too much by accident. Yeah, that would that. make sense. Like, they're not married at all. They don't live in the same place. Uh, chapter five, we introduce Mateo. Uh, your notes say Bethany questions her usefulness, if that's something we're still doing in this chapter. In chapter five, Bethany has to call Mateo a slut. <laughs> Sexual tension. She cries that she's useless. <laughs> Why is she calling him a slut? It's been so long, I don't remember that reason. I feel reason, like, though. no, I just came up with that this morning after I was writing it, because mm-hmm. then I was thinking about them going to Mateo. And I feel like we should start building sexual tension between Bethany and Mateo because we uh, want them to have that sex scene. Yeah. And they're like, true. quick, distract them. And then he goes down on her, but his face goes right through her abdomen. Well, you did originally say, and that's what the one thing I can't let go because I love the idea. Like in so many um, shitty spy movies or action movies, or whatever, it's like, oh shit, the cops are coming. Quick, kiss me. And then we'll look like lovers and they'll just run past us. Which, if anything, knowing cops, at least in Minneapolis, the way we know them, they'll stop and just watch you for a long time. <laughs> and just be like, kiss her harder. Get more tongue. Like that kind of thing. Um, Gross. Uh, and so in this case, he was going to go down on her when they're going to get caught wherever they're hiding. Yeah. But his face goes into They're going to be like, quick, you know, people are uncomfortable with PDA. Uh, so he's going to go down on her. Yeah. So in this case, if Bethany's calling Mateo a slut to build sexual tension... We should it's deflate to... it at the end where maybe he thinks there's sexual tension. He's like, well, you called me a slut earlier. If we think of phrases that are actually insults, he'll say, quick, people hate public you know, public displays of attention. Um, let me go down on you. He'd be like, what? No. And he's like, well, I thought we had sexual tension. But you, you called me whatever yeah. we can come up with. Like, you told me I've got the penis of a baby or whatever. It's like, yeah, I was making fun of you. Like, I thought it was just like sexual tension, play back and forth. So we could maybe do something like that. Where he's wrong, but she still go along with it anyways because they don't want to get caught? Or do you want them to have actual sexual tension? Does Mateo actually get a girlfriend for once? 
We can leave that ambiguous because we're going to have Mateo sprinkled through. Yeah, he's going to be the so main could, character. It in could all be stories. that he's just slutty. That he's slutty? Yeah, he might just be a slutty ghost. Yeah. Maybe he just wants to fuck around a little. Nah. They have something casual. I thought he never gets anything, though. Was kind of what's funny about him. Did we make him die a virgin? He died a virgin, yeah. but he was trying to flirt with a woman and died because he was trying to flirt. And then he was choking on the purse he was juggling? Yeah, so in this case, it's like, is he actually... Did he develop a charisma of sorts? And he can, which we don't have to explain, but what we have to do is we have to make a mental note that in this book, he actually gets to be naughty with a woman and is successful at it. But in another book, in a different period of time earlier than this, we'd have to show how he finally learned how to be like he read that book the game or whatever (laughs) something like something happened to lead to this being successful so it could be a previous book so we could like make this timeline of Mateo Gibbs yeah over time so we don't have to explain why he's successful this time but we might have to in another episode like another book that we write right because basically this is just all the story of Mateo Gibbs which you brought that up a while ago and I loved it uh Got game? Question mark? <laughs> we don't know yet. We'll find out. We'll flesh that out. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have to go to Mateo, and they have to ask for his help. So they find him, I guess, haunting the same 7-Eleven. Do they go to 7-Eleven <clears throat> to find him? Or because we yeah. he's we have to kind of make fun of him for being kicked out of Hattie's house. Okay, so that's the thing is we have this, this larger story of Mateo Gibbs. All of this is just to... If anyone actually cared, they would collect all of our books and yeah. they'd figure out timeline-wise, It put them in order and it tells the story of Mateo Gibbs. <laughs> <clears throat> so we started out with, like, we could write a book about Mateo before he's a ghost, before he chokes on a purse. Uh, we could do that sometime in the future. We could. Yeah, but uh, in this case, this is part of sliding the parts around. So he can hang out at the 7-Eleven and we don't have to explain why, but I think we have to make some kind of note. Like, I'll have to make another sheet that's just like the timeline of Mateo Gibbs as we're building it. But we have to figure out why is he always hiding out in the 7-Eleven. So we, if we need to write about it later, we can. Like, why does he have to escape to the 7-Eleven and that's why he's always there all the time? And he got kicked out of Hattie's. So, we don't have to worry about kicked out of Hattie's, but why is he hanging out at the 7-Eleven? Maybe he... Is it just because... Saw clerks? Yeah. Um, he saw clerks back in the 90s, which none of these people remember in this <laughs> book that we're writing. And he just loved the banter. So he stays at 7-Eleven 24 hours a day just waiting for kooky banter. Like, I want friends. They look like they're great friends. I, yeah. I morphed into a movie theater and watched this when it came out in 1992 <laughs> or whenever it came out. And they'd be like, I want friends. So I spend all my time at a 7-Eleven. He doesn't have to explain any of this, but he might have to in a different book. I'm going to make No, a... I think he should explain it in this book because he's at the 7-Eleven. And if we're talking to him and trying to get him to join the heist, he's going to talk about himself because that's what Mateo does. So then they try to convince him. Maybe she tries to seduce him in order to convince him to be in the heist. Does he say something that makes her realize I'm at a flirt with him right now? So, like, she's like, hey, I want you to be a part of this heist... And he's like, I'm a ghost. What do I get out of it? Nothing. Like, something might happen where then she realizes, aha, like she hasn't been attracted to... Maybe that's kind of a thing, is that she's not ever been attracted to a ghost. 
and then she flirts with him to get him to join the team. Like she realizes he's into sex. Okay, I'm going to use that. I'll flirt with him to get him on the team. And then maybe she learns to like him a little bit. <laughs> I don't know what that would be. I know. Well, he's harassing them and calling them losers all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably because he read the uh, the game. The game. Yeah, he read the game, so he's all about insult oh, them. Oh, yeah. Does it work? Does the book work on her? Is that what happens? And that's what he thinks he's been doing. But he's so much of a cosmic asshole that he just continues to be an asshole. She's like, oh, I always assumed you were a slut. And he's like, me? You thought I was a slut? And he's flattered. <laughs> His cheek's getting yeah, rosy. He's like, you think I could have had sexual... No, I'm a, I'm a virgin. <laughs> virgin. <laughs> Should we have... A moment where they're hyping him up and they're like, we really need someone who can, you know, walk through walls and, you know, do this or that. And then he kind of does some things like we've been having everyone else do. All right. So maybe they say, like, we need a lookout man. And he's like, I don't care about that. I'm staying here at the 7-Eleven. Why are you staying at the 7-Eleven? Well, back in 1990-whatever, I saw this movie and damn it, I just want to have, like, witty banter. Like, if I have to spend my life walking the earth, whatever, I want to have fun. And then they're just like... Yeah, maybe we can make it worth your while. Like, you want to take me out to go see that movie? And then he'll be like, oh, maybe. And he's like, well, what do you need me to do to be a part of your team? And then they're like, I don't know. Like, see what, like, where's the nearest cop or something? And then he sticks his head through it. Like, we got to figure out. Like, they, they start telling him to do things. Because he's not, unlike the rest of them, he doesn't want to prove himself. He's already been around for hundreds of years. So he's just kind of like, well, what do you need me to do? And then they can ask him to do ridiculous things, and then he'll just do it. I feel like they're gassing him up to try to get him to join to begin with. Yeah, so she's flirting with him, yeah. and they could also be like, I bet you're really good at, you know, walking through walls. Oh, He could be like, well, watch this. <laughs> he just walks through a wall. There's no buildup or anything yeah. cool. It's just like, watch this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> exactly. He pokes his head back. Is that what you're looking for? Uh, what else would he do besides walk through a wall, which is the obvious one? Turn invisible. Turn invisible. What's another, uh, because our running joke has been inconsistent ghost physics. What is another kind of uh, like ghost rule or a ghost trope? Why do I feel like I? the only ghost trope I know is that they're either invisible or that they walk through walls. And that's kind of it. Poltergeisty kind of things where they throw things around the room. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, inhabiting other people's bodies. Oh. That's a ghost trope from like a long while back. Tiny little bit of possession. Kind of a possession where they can slip in and say stuff and slip back out again. Even the movie Ghost does that with Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> So it could actually take over the body of a security guard would be the benefit of that. Make the guy turn the other direction and walk off. Oh, that's true. Another one could be, this isn't really a ghost trope, but like, they could say like, what's my cat doing back in my apartment right now? And then he'll be like, hold on. And then, and then, yeah, your cat's pissing on your bed again. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Like it could technically go anywhere real fast. Maybe. I don't know. There's underwear all over your floor. <laughs> You don't clean. <laughs> and your cat took a giant turn right on one of your underwears. <laughs> Which one? The Hello Kitty one? The one with the, the skull face? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My punk rock Hello Kitty. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so he could potentially take over a person's body, at least temporarily. Uh. <laughs> <clears throat> but he's not supposed to be consistent with the stuff. That's our running gag. Oh the, f- the physics are never consistent. His breath is even worse than when I, uh, than before I left. Oh, I know. He laid in bed with me last night. Breathed on your face. I'm not kidding. In the middle of the night, down a little bit by my feet, kind of on my legs, he started cleaning himself at like two in the morning or something. And I was like, oh, oh, and I woke up because it just smells like rotting flesh. It's so bad. It was really bad. I woke up. It was that bad. We might have to take him to the vet and see if. Uh... All they're going to do is say, do you want to like put him to sleep? No, they're not. His breath is so bad he can't live. Did you, I, I missed the part when you were reading about the uh, security guards making the popping noises and. That's what that was. Yeah. I think when I read it, I think I fucked up as I was reading. I was. Did you skip over it? I no, didn't think I, I read it. I it. saw the part where he's like putting his hand gestures by his breast and the other one by the ass. I didn't catch it. I think I fucked up as I was reading it and I was drifting wrong. And so then I don't think I caught it. But that makes sense. Because that's one. And that's the reason why the other security guards are looking at him all excitedly. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think you wrote it fine. I was doing that thing where I was like getting ahead of myself, so I was screwing up some words and that kind of thing. So I don't think I got it right the first time. Because I don't want to have to explain that whole joke. (laughs) That was just for you. (laughs) I appreciate it. (laughs) I definitely do. But now I got to look. Hold on. But the small one was making popping sounds and miming, rubbing round protrusions on his chest. Yeah, I know. I picked this up. And buttocks. I didn't understand it was the yeah. thing. I didn't understand that right away. I just thought he was just talking about women in general. <laughs> and then, like, the big mall cop was nodding and rubbing his chin with a hungry look in his eyes. I was just like, oh, he's just getting real horny talking about girls. I didn't realize it was the joke that you were I- <laughs> Would be great. I love that the small cop is like, wouldn't it be cool if just like a dude you were like good friends with just had like <laughs> nice tits and a big ass? <laughs> you just fucked it. <laughs> it's just like a friend of yours. You just buddies and you fuck. Cool bud, dude, and he just wants to fuck too, dude. It would be perfect. I love that you're the one that came up with that whole joke. <laughs> like you're the really nice guy that works at the holiday. The holiday down the street from my house. I love that I was just dying laughing when you brought that whole concept up about like, what if he just had like a good friend of yours that just had like nice tits and nice ass, but he's like still a dude and you guys are just good friends. You want to fuck all the time. And I was just dying laughing. I'm like, like who? And you're like, well, that really nice guy at holiday. I know exactly who you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, later when I did go down to holiday, like I walked down there and I forget what I was buying, but I was buying something and I was walking back. But he was there, and like always, he's super nice. He's like, hey, this weather is pretty crappy, huh? It's so early in the winter to have this weather. I'm like, yeah, I know. And then as I was walking out, I was thinking about him with the big, goofy tits going, <laughs> <laughs> like a sweet ass, and I started, like, laughing. <laughs> he's, like, a really nice guy. He's <laughs> just a nice guy, but, man, if he had some nice boobies in a butt. So we're going to have him slip in, slip out, and demonstrate a possession. Demonstrated possession. Do you want him to be able to go see what's happening like miles away real fast? Is that too weird? No, I think that's funny. Uh, They give him the task, you know, what's going on at our apartment right now. Sure. 
And then it's Ooh, a... could it be a creepy neighbor? Oh! Cat shit. It could be a creepy utility guy or a landlord. He's like, oh, he's in your house again. He's got your keys, so he's just looking around your place. That's really creepy. I had one that did that to me. He Landlord. literally was, he had, he had keys to my place, and one time I noticed a couple things were moved, and I realized it's that guy. He mentioned something, too, about, uh, God, I forget what it was, but he mentioned something. I'm like, I think he was in my house. We should, um, how about Mateo goes on his little journey, mm-hmm. and then the landlord comes to the 7-Eleven, and he's like, I found this guy looking around your house. Oh, when they first show up, he says that? No. What do you mean? That's his demonstration of a possession. He possesses the landlord. Because they're like, go tell me what's going on in my house right now. So he goes and he comes back and he's like, yeah, your clean laundry is covered in cat shit. Also, I found this guy walking around because he's in the landlord's meat suit. Oh, and the landlord walks in going, hey, it's me, Mateo. Hey, it's Mateo. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. That's a really, that's good. But he's kind of like, you know, is it Men in Black 2? Uh, maybe. Uh, what's his name? Charles D'Onofrio? Oh, sure. I think that's the first one. He's like covered, uh, he's full of bugs. Sugar. Yeah. 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 And yeah. he's all like floppy and gross. Yeah. It'll be like that. Okay, cool. Perfect. Um, so there has to be some sexual tension between Mateo and Smithy. I am not going to let that point go. I don't know why. That they have to have sexual tension? Yeah. It's fine. It's just how do we make it funny? I was thinking maybe she flirts with him only to use him and has no attraction to a ghost. Somehow it works out in the end where she is into him in that moment. I don't know. Like, what do you want to do with it? I mean, it could just be that she he woos her. Or maybe she's like a sucker for the whole, like, I read the game and I know you like it when I say your boots are outdated. And then she's like, oh, Kiss me. <laughs> right. I don't know. Is there any way to make it funny where it's like his crappy personality somehow works? I don't know. Well, we can say sexual tension. And by sexual tension, we mean they're really mean to each other. And then they, they just oh, they they fuss fuck, and fight. dude. They fuss and fight a little they bit. Have a little they fuss fight. and fight. Does, does her experience with him sexually work only because he's able to morph his head deep into the canal of her vagina and lick her G-spot or something? Is there something about that that's a benefit? I hate that. No. There's got to be some no. benefit to being no. a ghost sexually. No. Don't you point at me and say no. no. I just want you to pick your nose with that finger. That's even more offensive than normal. <laughs> <clears throat> Maybe a ghost tongue or penis is just real, real tingly. <laughs> it's like, ah, it's real tingly. I kind of like it. Oh, it's only a teen and a ghost making out. But then they don't stop making out, and he goes down on her. There you go. And his head ends up just, like, in her abdomen by accident because ghost physics is inconsistent in our books. So he can't control it. Yeah. Um, You could make a comment, like, afterwards. Like, you two were in there for a long time. Did you actually make out with him for real? And she's like, you never had your ovaries licked before, I can tell, or something like that. Gross, yeah. Some benefit to being a ghost where it's like, if you've ever had your ovaries licked from inside before, you would know exactly why I'm into this guy right now. That's disgusting. I, ugh, yeah. It has to be really bad sex. Well, because you can't but do they anything love it. reliably. Yeah. Right. Because it's either that or she's like, 
you're just garbage at touching me. And he's like, well, I can't physically touch you because I'm a ghost. But at some other point during the heist, we'll have him like clearly pick something up. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's why I don't know why I think it's so funny, but it really tickles me. I know. In the last book, he kept doing that all the time. That <laughs> uh, would be funny if she's like, like uh, they need to get, they need a key to get into something, and it's like, oh, I lost the key, and he's like, oh, it's right here, and he picks it up and hands it to her. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Which is something on the side where he clearly can do stuff. But then other times he's, you know. He can't, and it's because he's a ghost. We could make him phasing his head through her body to lick something inside her, like her colon or something. Uh, and <laughs> he claims, like, oh, I can't control it, though, or whatever. And that's the reason. But it turns out he's just got a fetish for whatever's inside her that he decides to, like, lick on. <laughs> so he's just lying. Like, he can pick up shit. It's well, inconsistent, we, we or is he just he lying out of laziness? Like, I'm a ghost. I can't do everything all the time, but it turns out he can. He just uses that as an excuse to get at something inside her body. <laughs> <laughs> I've just always wanted to know what women hide in there. <laughs> what are you keeping in there? You got this entire pocket inside your body. I know you're putting stuff in it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what it is. <laughs> okay, Perfect. Uh, is there anything else we want to add to this to flesh out the group? Because now we have the core heist members. So, yeah, you're right. Everyone kind of interacts with the person from the last two that we've done. So we need to have What's-His-Name do another sleight of hand on the ghost. And because he did that to uh, Lucretia when she was going to hold up a handful of change, but he actually stole it from her and put like a dry $5 bill in there. So he should do something to the ghost. And then this time Lucretia should add something to it by like (laughs) just stepping around him or something. Like she's going to do something like physical in a ridiculous way. And then on top of it, um, what's her name is going to have her own self doubts. Like they're all so good. And I don't know what I can contribute yet, but she's not saying anything out loud to anyone. So for her, it builds up into the end where she finally has her little breakdown. So he comes back in the landlord's flesh suit and then they all clap or whatever. And then when he steps out of the landlord, the landlord will be like, what am I doing here? And then he'll like, I don't know. And like, what's in my hand? And there's like another $5 bill or something stupid like that. (laughs) (laughs) And then, I don't know, and then uh, Lucretia would have to do something kind of gymnastic or whatever, and then that's kind of how we could wrap that up, I think. Okay. That's going to be Chapter 5 next time. Yay. All Yay. right. We got it. Great. Well, all right. That's it. Uh, Christmas is coming up, and we're going to release this and then not do shit for a while, because then New Year's is coming up, too. It's going to be busy, 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 busy. It's going to be another busy kiddos. Couple of weeks before we do another one of these. Running all over, dude. I know, running all over the damn place. Running like crazy, dude. I know. Plus, we have our secret project we got to focus on. All right. But with all that, uh, that's the end of that episode. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you in three more weeks. I I guess. See you in twenty twenty three. Bye. <laughs> You're just staring at me. I have no sense of time. I was like nodding at you like, say goodbye or something. (laughs) I want to say you're jet lagged, but you only had like a 
two and a half hour flight. Yeah. <laughs> it's only an hour difference. Yeah, you're technically you're fine. I don't know why you're being such a weirdo. Want to contact us? Don't. This isn't about you. But if you have to, my email is glenn.nuzzles, N-U-Z-Z-L-E-S, at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter, uh, at House Nuzzle. Uh, but don't bother us, because we're too busy working. <laughs>